We're up to Daf Lamed Aleph Amid Aleph. We're up to the Mishnah. The Mishnah is describing as follows: Hameniach Peres Lif Mafrish Alei and Truma Umaisris. So, what it means like this: Although we learned yesterday, you're not supposed to do this, but it does work. Let's say you're traveling, yeah, and you have a lot of. You're going to take fruit while you travel, and you're going to need to separate trumas and maisers while you travel. It's annoying. So what you do is like this: You take five pounds of apples. You leave it in your kitchen. Okay? And then as you travel throughout the summer, whenever you have some apples and you need some truma, you'll say, okay, one pound of those five pounds are truma. The second pound is truma, meaning you're, you're, you're having your food now, your tevel here, you're separating truma in your kitchen so that your fruit in front of you is fixed. Now, it, Whatever, you leave fruit in your kitchen, you're separating truma and mice as you go, you're designating the fruit in your kitchen as truma to fix the fruit in front of you. On your journey, whatever. I don't know. Why are you getting tevel fruit in your like, well, Most people didn't separate trumas and mices properly. Most fruit that you bought from the store was actually tevel, right? You can't trust Amaratim, so <clears throat> most fruit that you're getting is tevel. So you go to the store, you buy a pound of apples, you have to separate trumas and mices, mimachmer. So you're like, this is annoying. Instead of me separating here and then I'm traveling, let me just, another 10, 10 pounds, two pounds, one pound. Okay. Now, although we did say yesterday you're not allowed to do this, Right, chaverim are not supposed to do this. The reason being very simple, because what happens if if uh, if it all rotted, <laughs> and you're separating trumas and meisers on nothing? Okay, but l'chachili you're not supposed to do it, but it does work. So the concept is you can continue doing it with the chazaka, assuming it's still in existence. Okay. Similarly, meiser moisly is mafishle and meiser sheni. Similarly, uh, we know that meiser sheni means that all fruit from the from the uh, from the from Maishasheni has to be taken to Yushalayim. Now let's say you don't want to travel to Yushalayim with the fruit, it's not going to last. So you do is you transfer the holiness onto cash and then you spend the cash in Yushalayim. Now while you're traveling, you have Maishasheni fruit, Maishasheni fruit, and all of a sudden you... So what you want to do is you leave money in the kitchen, a pile of cash in the kitchen, and the same thing, you do a dollar, Maishasheni, a dollar, Maishasheni. You keep on doing this while you're traveling. The halacha is, with both of these, mafresh alei and mecheska shein kayamin. You could separate the trumas and maisers and the maisersheni, assuming with the chazaka that those piles are still there. Even though it's possible that the pile got stolen or whatever. You could have chazaka that if you left it there, you could assume it's still in existence. Now, okay. Im avdu, now what happens if you find out that it got lost? So here's the deal. So you, you've been separating trumas and maisers while you're traveling. You go for a month. And you're the meiser, meiser, truma, meiser, truma, meiser, sheni, meiser, sheni. You come back and you're like, oh, it's all gone. So now, okay, so the question is, what, what do you have to, when was it gone? You understand? When do you have to think that it's gone? So, im avdu, chayshish me'es You have to worry for 24 hours. Now, the Gemara, the Mishnah does not explain what it means. We'll explain the Gemara what that means. Divir Avalazar. Rav Yehuda Oimer, Rav Yehuda says, There are three times the year where you have to check the wine. The halacha is that if you're separating uh, trumas and maizas on wine for another barrel, you have to make sure that it's not vinegar. We don't separate vinegar for wine, right? So you have barrels in your kitchen, in, in your cellar. So you're constantly separating trumas and maizas based on the barrels, which is fair. But at some point, shouldn't you check to make sure it's not vinegar? So you have to check three times a year. Just a quick check. Make sure it's still one. Make sure it didn't sour. Those three times a year is at the time of the blowing of the east wind following the sukkahs. We're going to see in the Gemara the east wind was a very strong hot wind. So it soured a lot of stuff. So right after sukkahs is an east wind. You have to check right after the east wind blows right after sukkahs. Okay. 
when uh, berries begin to grow, that's a time where apparently that wine begins to sour in the seasons. Ubishas knisas mayim and when you enter, uh, when you pour liquid into unripe grapes. Okay. Um, meaning, uh, the way they explain in the bottom, it means when the unripe grapes get big enough that you could squeeze a little bit of liquid out. You got to check the wine. Okay, fine. It's, 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 it's going to be one of those type of dafin. So, which which not fine. So my meislays. Now, this is the only thing lamdish. We said if you separate shumas and meislays, and then you go for about a month, and then you come back and you realize it's gone. So now, um, so now the Mishnah said you got to worry for twenty four hours. Now, well, what does that mean? What, what twenty four hours for what? So the Gemara says my meislays. What do you mean? What it means is, okay, you put the fruit down January first. There's a chazaka that it's still there. You're separating shumas and maises for two weeks. You get back the 14th. You go back to the kitchen, you realize it's gone. So obviously, anything you just separated just now, it's gone. So you have to redo. But you also have to redo for the last 24 hours. Meaning, January 1st through the 13th, you have a chazaka that it's still there. But once you saw on the 14th it's not there, then for the last 24 hours, we assume it was gone. I'm not 100% sure whether 24 but for 24 hours meaning once you know it's gone now then it goes back to 24 hours for the last 24 hours we assume it's gone therefore any Shumas Maizah you separate in the last 24 hours so up to 24 hours you're fine but the last 24 hours is the issue that's Rav Yochanan's take Rav Eloza says the exact opposite he says Mishim Rav Eloza Ben Yana go to the next page he says no 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 it means you're only given the first 24 hours meaning according to Rav Yochanan you have up to the last 24 hours. Good, 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 good. The last 24 hours is bad. Ravaloza says the opposite. You have the first 24 hours good, and then all time after that is no good. So if you put it down January 1st, you only have until January 2nd. The first 24 hours, you have a chazak, it was still there. But once it's gone on the 15th, from the 2nd to the 15th, no good. So according to Rav Yechanan, it's good until the, the 14th, until 24 hours before it was it was noticed to be gone. According to Ravaloza, it's only good the first 24 hours after placement, then it's no good. Okay, so it's Machlegas. Now the Gemara says, the Mishnah's Lashen implies like one way. How so? First way. It's the Zaka that it's there. Oh, so because the Mishnah says, the Mishnah says, if it's gone, you have to worry for 24 hours, which implies that up to 24 hours, up to, up to the last 24 hours, you're good. For the last 24 hours, you have to worry. According to the second shot, what, it, what does it mean? It means for the first 24 hours, you're good. You see, the Mishnah says, if it's lost, you have to worry for 24 hours. According to the second shot, you don't have to worry for 24 hours. 24 hours is the only time you don't have to worry. So according to the second shot, you're good up to the last 24 hours. You have to worry about the last 24 hours. The Mamish fits in the Lashon. says the Gemara, According to the second shot, it shouldn't say you worry for the last 24 hours. It should be you worry from 24 hours. Because after the first 24 hours, now you're worrying potentially for weeks. So the Lushen doesn't really stim as well with the second shot. Okay, Kasha, it's a Kasha. Now, before we just get to Agadita, the Gemara just said one last point. No, no, that's fine. The Gemara just said one last point, and that is, it's a Machloikes, whether you have the first 24 hours, or you have up to the last 24 hours. But everyone agrees that if you put it down January 1st, you leave January 1st, you put it down in the kitchen, you leave January 1st, you come back the 15th, and it's not there. So everyone agrees the 15th is messed up, 
the 14th is messed up, and there's machoik is from the second on. But January 1st, the first 24 hours, everybody agrees you're good. Yeah. Says the Gemara, there are those that disagree. Okay? The Gemara says, I'm Ravalazar, Chalukin alav dechaveri shol Ravalazar. There are Tanoim that disagree. The Tanan? You can't separate one out in front of you. No, no, no. Their, their, this disagreement is, their premise is that once something's gone, why are you assuming that it was even there for the first 24 hours? Meaning they believe. They believe that once you know it was gone on the fifteenth, no chazaka, and therefore it's you assume that it was it was it was lost the second you put it down. Meaning you're giving me at least twenty four hours or up to the last twenty four hours. But you're giving me time. They're saying once they're saying, yeah they're saying once it's gone, you no chazaka, and if you put it down the first January first from January first on, no good. The second you left the kitchen, no good. That's their take. And the Gemara says. You checked the mikvah, okay? So you had a kosher mikvah. Uh, January 1st, it was a kosher mikvah. You come back the 15th, all of a sudden, it's not kosher anymore. It has too little water. So it's a very similar thing. Do we say that it was kosher until that point? Now it's not kosher. It's a similar shayla. So, because so, meaning, you normally you have a chazaka, but now. It's gone. So n- now the question is, now what do you do retroactively? So our Mishnah would probably tell you, for the first 24 hours after January 1st, everything dipped in the mikveh is still kosher, right? And it's the last 24 hours that's a problem. What does this Mishnah say? This Mishnah says, Everything that was dipped in that mikveh from the last time you know that it was good, from January 1st on, tome. Why? Ah, uh, chazak is gone. Once you know that it's chaser, then, then, then that's it. So according to this opinion, if you would say in our Mishnah, once you find out January 15th that the Chumas and Mises are gone, that means that the fruit are gone, th- this opinion would say you have to redo everything from the beginning. Because once you know it's gone, you don't have 24 hour of like a, a grace period. It's not 24 hours. Once, once, no, no, but it's the same. It has to do with once a chaz- you normally have a chazaka that will tell you everything is is fine until proven otherwise. Now that it's proven otherwise, the question is now how do we go back retroactively? Our Mishnah says we give you a twenty four hour grace period, either in the beginning or in the end, whatever it is. This opinion says no. Once once you know that it's chaser, chazaka is gone, and then everything goes back to the status quo of trumas amaisiris of tame. Everything is unrectified. So the Mishnah says the Gemara says. Pshita, okay, it's Pasha that they argue the Chalukane. So what's the Chiddush? The answer is because the Mishnah just says everything done previously is Tomei. Maybe you could have interpreted everything done within the last 24 hours is Tomei. No, no, no. It's Machlegas. Straight up Machlegas. Do you, do you have a 24-hour grace period or is just always Tomei? Okay, from here into the end, um, it, it's straight up Agadita. I'm sure there's a deeper stuff going on, but it talks about the east wind and how the east wind was very hot. That's it. Like literally, that's it. Which is nice. So the Gemara says, Rav Yehuda said that there are three times a year where you have to check uh, to make sure the wine isn't spoiled, and one of them is when the east wind blows after Sukkot, because the east wind was very hot, so it had the ability to sour a lot of wine. Tana It's only true if the east wind blows following Sukkot when it's um, following the uh, the order autumnal equinox, following the uh, uh, the. The equinox, okay, whatever. If you know what equinox is good, it's, it's, isn't that where the days start getting longer? So it's shorter or longer? Longer. Well, the, I'm saying during the winter, it's getting longer. Winter, it's easier to longer. That's, so that's later. There's a four, there are four equinoxes? I thought there were two. There are two. I don't think it's there's two. summer. Isn't summer solstice and winter solstice? 
Yeah, I thought that. So I think that's what it is. Right around Sukkot time, right around Sukkot time is where. We're going down later. You know what? I didn't go to college. I will read you the words. The immediately following Sukkot is only if the autumnal equinox has passed. Okay, um, so whenever the the autumnal equinox is, no, it's fine. Hold on, it's not the summer. There's no summer equinox. Summer solstice. Autumnal equinox. I'm sorry. Just give me one second. Oh, the autumnal equinox this year is September 23rd. What happens? I'm so sorry. I should have done this before. Uh, During the autumnal equinox, the sun shines directly on the equator in the northern and summer. Oh, it's where the days are equal. Yeah, oh, it's where the days are equal. Equinox. Oh, I get it. Solstice. The winter solstice is where the days start getting longer. Some says the days are getting shorter. The autumnal equinox and the fall equinox. No, that's, that, that's then the other equinox. There's got to be a second equinox yeah. because the days have to be equal twi- twice a year, right? Spring. Spring equinox. There it is. So anyway, as we all know, and I'm only, by the way, I knew this before. I was explaining this to Adam because he's, he really, he's not really educated that much. So for anyone that's listening to me. Oh yeah. Oh, I thought you were like you're looking for a BCE type of situation. We're Orthodox. So anyway, so the Gemara says, It's only true if the east wind is blowing after Sukkot, after the autumnal equinox. That's when it spoils stuff. But before the autumnal equinox, it doesn't. Okay. Now the Gemara says, Tanya, Rav Yudah Oimer, Begimel Prokrim Moichanes It's interesting. Rav Yudah says, now seemingly there's no Hanol Halachic ramifications, but you'll see it actually has huge Halachic ramifications. He says there are three times a year where you, where you should sell grain. Okay, number one is Lefnei Hazera, before planting season. Bishas Hazera, during the planting season. Upreis HaPesach, and Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Okay, no, what, you should sell grain. Sell grain whenever you can. It's like, these are the three selling times. Okay, we'll see why in a moment. There are three times to sell wine. Upreis HaPesach, 15 days before Pesach. Upreis HaTzeres, 15 days before Shavuos. Upreis HaChag, 15 days before Sogas. And oil anytime from Shavuos onward. Now, these are times that are like opportune selling times. So Gemara says, like, Yes, yeah, like, like, who cares? Like, who cares that it's a good time to sell? So the Gemara says, These are the times where the demand is at its highest and the value is at its highest. So what this means is it's regated Shutfin. Let's say you two are in a partnership. So you can't sell product without consulting your partner. Unless it's a universally good selling time, in which case you can sell without the partner's consent. These were at these were when the products buy low, sell high. These were high. Fifteen days before Pesach, that's when people are buying wine. Fifteen days before Shavuos, fifteen days before that's the highest time. The grain also; those were at the high. A partner can sell it, and even if after he sells it, because the reason is because the assumption is most years after these periods, there's a uh, the, the 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 market tanks. So. And even, and Rashi points out, even if you sell without your partner's consent, and then day afterwards, for whatever reason, the market goes even higher, you, he can't have any tightness against you. No, you can't reverse the sale. These are universally selling periods of time, and therefore you could sell without your partner's consent. Okay. What about after these time periods? These are the, the big, let's say, after 15 days before Pesach. Five days before Pesach. What's the halacha? Sell it every day without consent. Meaning, because these are the highest. Every day now, you, it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fire sale. Every day is just going to get worse. The market's going to get lower, lower, lower. Okay. Uh, okay, the Pasuk says that when uh, Yoyna, at the end of his life, he was sitting there and Hashem made a very, very strong east wind, right? And that's why he thought he was dying of thirst. 
you buy the kikayon. <coughs> so the pasuk says that there was a strong east wind. Uh, a strong east wind. Charishis is describing the east wind. What does charishis mean? My charishis. I'm Ravi the Bashashim and Ashavis when the east wind blows, it's so strong. Charishis is like Chirish, like furrows. It makes furrows in the sea because it's a very, very strong wind. The problem is, says the Gemara, the Pasuk implies that the east wind makes it very hot. If it's an east wind that's so strong that it's like a tempest, that usually doesn't make it very hot. That's actually pretty cooling. So what, how could you say that it's a very strong wind if it's a very warm wind? So the answer is, It's the opposite. Charishis means it's quiet. Charesh is from a Russian of, uh, of, of Shtika, that it means to be quiet. What it means is the east wind is so hot that it blows, it quiets the other winds. So even though the north wind is cooler and the south wind is cooler, the east wind will quiet them by being incredibly warm. Okay? This is what it means in the Pasuk. Your garments are hot. When the earth is quiet from the south. What does this mean? So it says the Gemara. What does it mean that your garments are hot? When are the garments of Hashem warm? When the east earth, uh, the east wind blows with the south wind, it quiets it. Because the east wind blows, it, it takes the coolness away from the other winds. Rav Huna and Rav Chizda were sitting together. It's very interesting. Geneva, if you remember, I don't have a regular Gemara in front of me, but in Zion, I think the Gemara said that... Um, it's Dav Zayin Amd Aleph that I think Ula was complaining that he had Saris from someone and I think he davened and that person was like arrested. Am I making this up? Can you, can you check for one second Dav Zayin Amd Aleph? I, I, I'll take the Gemara for one second. Just for one second. Yeah, so um, yeah, so there's a whole story that, that Ula had. He said that there's Kometzairli uh, Tuva, right? There's people that are harassing me so much. He says, okay, so Davin, and they'll fall before you. And the Gemara says, They put Geneva in prison. So you read that Gemara, Geneva was oppressing Ula. Um, Geneva was a, a Marukva, I'm sorry, Geneva was oppressing Marukva. So it sounds like Geneva was like a Russia, but Geneva was apparently like a very um, academic, learned person who was harassing Marukva. <laughs> he was one of those types, that he was, a, he was a very academic person, and he was, it doesn't sound like a big tzaddik, but he was a big, big tamachacham, but he was very learned, but just not the best guy in the world. One of those uh, academic, you know, harassing types. So the Gemara says, Rav Hunav Rav sitting. Chalif Azul Geneva Alayu. Geneva's going to walk past them. So, Amar Chad Lechavri, one said to the other, Nikdam Mekami Demar know, We should stand up. He's a very learned person. So, Amar Le'idach, the other person responded, Mekami Pilga Nikam. I'm going to stand up in front of someone who makes fights. Meaning, he's fighting with Marukva all the time. I'm not standing up before someone who causes Agmas Nefesh. I don't care how much of a learned person you are. If it's not affecting your this, I'm not standing up. Now, Adahachiyasi Legabayu, while they're talking, Geneva walks up to them and he says, Amar Le'o, he says, Mayiskatim. What, what are you guys learning? So, Amar Le'i Baruch. We're talking about the east wind. So he said to them, This is what I have a tradition from Rav. Every day the four winds from the four directions blow. 
And every time that it blows, the north wind accompanies all of them. So it's always north and south, north and west, north and east. Because if not for the north, going with all the winds, the world would not survive. And the, the south wind is the worst, meaning you need the cool north breeze to, to make the other winds not destroy the world. And if not for the angel Ben who blocks um, the south wind exclusively, the world will be destroyed. It's the wisdom of Nates that it spreads its wings to the south. So Nates, the angel, protects the south wind, which is apparently a very harsh wind. Okay. Rabbi uh, also, this story is just like, it feels like a non-story. I'm not really sure. Well, like, it's interesting, but I'm sure there's something going on up here. But my brother, I think, started a new series of Ein Yaakov that you could see on like Torah anytime, all these things, about going through like Ein Yaakov through Panemius. So I'm sure there's, there's all these things. It's hard to, you, you got to have to learn Kabbalah because it's, be like niglets, hard to understand. Rav Nachman Yitzchak, Rav Nachman Yitzchak, we're sitting. So Rav and Nachman Bar Yitzchak are sitting, and they see a chariot, a carriage, chariot, a golden chariot that Rav Nachman Bar Yaakov happened to be in. Now that chariot was like a very wealthy aristocratic uh, chariot. With a bluish green cloak draped over it. So it was like a clearly wealthy person. So Rava so Rava went out to greet him because Rav Nachman Rava knew that in the chariot it was not just like a wealthy politician, it was Rav Nachman Bar Yaakov. Rav Nachman Yitzchok, Nachman Yitzchok said, I'm not meeting a politician. He didn't know who was in the chariot. He says, oh, it must be like a, a wealthy, you know, uh, important uh, person. And Rava needs that. Rava was involved in, in, not politics, but he was involved in dealing with the aristocratic deal, you know, to help with the Romans. So he said, okay, Rava has to deal with this. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't have to deal with this. He was from the Reish Galusi. He was from a wealthy family. He's like, I don't need to talk to, shake hands, kiss babies. He says, but once Rav Nachman noticed that in the chariot was Rav Nachman Yaakov, so he went to greet him. Goli Deraye, so when he saw, when he was talking to Renachem Yaakov, Renachem Yaakov had to roll up his sleeves. Omer Shad Yenoshev, he says, it's very hot from the east wind. Okay, that's it. It's the end of the story, I don't know. I don't know why you need the whole backdrop, other than to show you that Rava was involved in dealing with politics. That's, I don't know. Okay. Omer Rava Hachim Rav, Rav said, Regarding the east wind, which is very strong and very hot, Isham Apelaz boy could cause a woman to miscarriage. Shmuel Amar, Afil Amargil, Shabi Amar Kevis boy. Shmuel says it could even cause a pearl in the sea to rot. Rav Yechon Amar, Afil Shichva Zerish, my imam Srechas boy. And Rav Yechon said it could cause the Zera, right? When a woman and a man live together for the first three days, the baby is considered Zera alone. It can cause it to putrefy and to. And it's not miscarrying because three days is it's nothing, but it, it could cause the baby not to be kailat. It could cause the conception not to work. All of these psuki, all these three opinions are based on the following pasuk. The pasuk says, The pasuk says, Be fruitful among the brethren. An east wind shall come, the wind of Hashem shall come up in the desert, and his spring shall become dry. So the east wind is going to ruin things. Says the Gemara, his spring shall become dry, that's referring to miscarriage. The fountain shall dry up, that's causing a woman to have to be able to conceive. And it shall destroy the pre- pleasures of the precious vessels, and that's her pearl. 
Amar Rava, Edi Sura Hava. Rava says, I have a drasha from the city of Sura. The Daiki Kra, they explain the following Pasuk. Mayu Kabein Achim Yafri. What does it mean that through the the fruitful among the brethren, even the handle of an axe, the handle of a, of a spade, whatever they call it, like, a, like a shovel, the handle which is inserted, the wooden which is inserted in the metal, that can become loose because of the east wind. Even a peg in a wall becomes loose because of the east wind. Even a reed in a wicker woven wicker basket can become loose because of the east wind. All right. Hajanullah Kol Haget. We'll stop here. All right, man. Have a good one, guys. On Zoom. You know what, though?